You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. You guys, my gosh, look about making somebody feel uncomfortable. <laughs> Every time, never fails. That's a good word. <laughs> Man, don't you love those declarations? My next promotion, though, is heaven. I can't just can't get any better than what I'm living right now. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, but I'll take all the other stuff. All of it, my I want to do something before, we, before I get started, because when I, I take off and get out of the blocks, it's kind of hard to reel me back in. And so uh, I'll get excited tonight, and this is just how I am now. It's just how I live, like just all the time. It's not because I'm speaking at this incredible conference that we're grateful that you came to. This is, uh, I'm not feeding off you. This is just me uh, containing myself some um, <laughs> but not fully. <laughs> oh man, thank thank you, worship team, for just bringing the presence of God. I mean, there's nothing like His presence, right? I love it that God gave somebody a song about making room because He loves us so much that He just wanted to remind us that we should make room for Him, right? <laughs> we don't want it to ever be anything but about Him. And regardless of what you came here for tonight, because I was praying into this weekend, I'm like, I get to speak on the first night, and I'm like, yes, God. And I'm like, people are coming for the secret of how to see more healings and miracles. What do you have for them? And so hopefully I'll, I'll give you the secret tonight that he hides for us and not from us. And <laughs> At least it's the secret that he's sharing with, with the world, I believe, right now. And I know I'm in a room full of hungry people that want more. And I believe that I'm in a room full of people that are really being transformed into his image and are really loving people well. So I'm super excited because this is going to be really easy tonight, right? It's going to be really easy. I just believe that love, it's already here. You know, he's love, he's here. And I believe it's going to transform us more, even more tonight. And I got a declaration about that in a minute. So I want to pray for uh, a dear friend and spiritual father who most of you know. Uh, this is, uh, I get to share this publicly. Um, Dave Knoll, who knows Dave Knoll? Raise your hand if you know Dave or you've been impacted by his life. If it, if it wasn't for Dave, I don't know that, we, that we'd be here. You don't know how many ledges that he talked me off of early on in ministry as a pastor. You don't know how many times from, from disappointment and, and um, all kinds of, of things, burnout and all the stuff that I walked through over the last six years. And, and still, he is one of my greatest encouragers. He, he texts me, I can't tell you, countless times. Uh, every week he texts me, sometimes several days in a row, and he says, you're doing a great work for God, don't come down. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, it's, it's life-giving 
right? We all need an encourager in our life. Barnabas, we all need a Barnabas in our life. Sometimes you got to be it for yourself. Sometimes you just look in the mirror and say, you're doing a great work for God. But I, I haven't had to do that with, with Dave around or with my wife around or with all you amazing people around. But Dave just found out today that he has kidney disease. And so uh, don't get bummed out. This is exciting, not because he has it, but because of the probability of what God's going to do for him. All right? And so we're just believing... Dave's going to be watching this. He may be watching right now. I don't know if he had time to. Uh, but if he's watching this right now uh, or later, Dave, we're just going to pray for you. We're believing God with you uh, and expecting God to give you brand new kidneys right now. And so, Father, we thank you for brand new kidneys for, for our brother, our father, Dave. We thank you for, for the storehouse of heaven being raided right now for those two kidneys that he needs. We thank you for your angels specially uh, delivering those to him. Uh, we thank you for any diabetes or high blood pressure that's left that's led to this, all of it leaving right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for your love bringing a wholeness to Dave in this moment. And we pray that you would pour grace upon grace upon him and Sandy right now too. Grace upon grace. Your peace, the peace of heaven, Filling their house right now in the name of Jesus. That peace that destroys chaos, that brings wholeness where there's nothing missing. We thank you for shalom right now in Dave's body. We thank you that nothing is going to stop Dave from continuing to pastor revival in our region. Shepherd revival in our region. Do everything that he's called to. Running in all that you've called him insanity to. In the days ahead, the decades ahead, we're believing for Dave. And so we thank you for it right now. We're in agreement with heaven in Jesus' name. <laughs> thank you, Father. Thank you guys so much for joining with me and praying for Dave. If you don't know Dave personally, if you knew him, you'd love him as much as we do. You guys can attest to that, right? I mean, my gosh, he's just amazing. I love him. Love him, love him. Uh, many of us here have been to uh, what now is Revive School of Transformation. Raise your hand if you've been to Revive School of Transformation or Indianapolis School of Supernatural Ministry. It's just one and the same. They just changed the name. We've, we've been, almost all of our leadership has been uh, to, maybe, yeah, almost all of our leadership has been. They, my life was changed forever because of that school. I'm not doing a promo clip for the school. I'm just telling you my life has changed forever because of the school. And, uh, and, uh, and it's because of what Dave and Sandy released. The material was great. You can get material anywhere. You can't get the anointing and the grace and the breakthroughs that they have. There's a place where you, you probably already know. There's a place that we call living in, in a culture of honor. And when we live in a culture of honor, it goes far deeper than clapping for a speaker. It's positioning our hearts as sons and daughters to, to the people that have went on before us or the people that haven't, wherever. It's across the board, men, women, children. When I honor you, when you're standing in front of me, I set myself up to get breakthroughs that I didn't have to do anything for. Isn't that amazing? That's called kingdom living. It doesn't bypass intimacy. It's by living in intimacy that it makes it, able, it, makes it possible for me to honor you. Because when I live in the middle of his heart, then I actually know the value that you have placed on your life, 
which Jesus declared at the cross, you're worth my life, you're worth all my love, you're worth every drop of blood, you're worth everything that I'm doing for you, the crown of thorns in my head, every lashing that I took, the mockery, the beating, all of that, the abandonment, everything that I went through, you're worth it, you're worth it, you're worth it. It just echoes from the cross over all of humanity. Isn't that amazing? That's... That's who you are. It's, it's just your value. It's everything. It's everything that each one of us are. And so when I live in intimacy, I can look at you because I know my value. I can look at you and say they're worth the same. And I can look at the person that doesn't know Jesus yet. We call them yet to be saved. Not lost, not sinners. You know that I know they're all that. I know that's the reality of it. But I have conditioned myself to think of them differently than that because it's so easy to become, uh, become a us-and-them mentality, right? But what I, I do is I remind myself that grace got me into this. <laughs> and if it wasn't for Jesus, <laughs> I, I would have been in hell a long time ago. Right, you see the excitement and the joy that I have, but you don't realize the ODs or the imprisonments or the bounties on my head or the people that just wanted to off me, the cops that wanted to kill me as much as they wanted to catch me. You, you don't understand the things that people have been through. And it's only because of love that we get to have this conversation. I, I know that it's a loud conversation, but it's just because I'm excited about in the room small. But it's, I'm excited about what he's done for me. It brings me into the place of knowing who he is. Because it's the ultimate goal. I love healings and miracles. But healings and miracles are, are not the goal. Signs and wonders aren't the goal. Me casting demons out or any of that is not the goal. Can I tell you that all of hell is terrified of you, of one son, of one daughter, terrified, but even more terrified of one son or one daughter who's in love. <laughs> doesn't matter how young, doesn't matter how old, doesn't matter how long you've known Jesus. So I'm not going to teach you tonight how to heal the sick. I'm sorry if you came for that, but I will show you a clip of my, my new prayer model, uh, and, and I'll show you I want to show you how easy it is, and, and I want to declare something uh, first, though, okay? We get those pictures here in just a second, and uh, I, I, want to show you, I want to show you that a lot of the time, I really don't know what I'm doing. I just know that I'm doing it with Him. <clears throat> All of my life now, because much of my Christianity, I worked for God. Have you ever worked for God? I worked so hard for God, and then I messed up, and then he, I felt like he was disappointed and, and ashamed of me, and I had to work myself back into his good graces, and we'd have a few good days, and then I'd mess up, and then I'd be, you know, wrecked with shame again, and it's just this roller coaster, right? You've been there? This roller coaster of, of trying hard, try harder, do better, and maybe, just maybe, you know, he'll smile on me, and I'll get to see some some miracles or see something cool happen, but that's not what it, that's not really how he looks at us, right? He's not looking for slaves. God is destroying slave mentality. Aren't you glad for that? He's, he is actually, I feel it in the room right now, he is destroying with his love the mentality that says, I work for you. <laughs> and that my paycheck is blessing. <laughs> 
When he blesses me, then I, I'm not going to go there. I'm sorry. I want to really bad. But it's, it's he is with, under the weight of his love. And he, I was in this place for a long time of I just thought that I, if I worked hard enough for God, if I saw enough miracles, if I got enough prophetic words right, if I saw enough souls saved, if I got enough people to pray that prayer, right? If I could just get them to pray the prayer, right? I'm trying to work it into a conversation. I'm like, where? <laughs> the evangelism model. I'm like, where do I start at in Romans? Should I, should I tell them that, that everybody fell short? What I, all have sinned? Where? I don't, I don't know where to start at. I just, on this Romans road, and I can't even find my way. Now I end up in Ephesians instead of Romans. <laughs> I like Romans too. It's just a different road. And so I, I lived in that place of, of, of working really hard for God. And, and I, I know that most of you aren't in that place tonight. But if you are, before the end of the night, you're going to be in a different place. Because that's His will for our lives. His will for... Let me share a picture. I promise I'm going to get to this declaration. And an expectation too. Because I believe that expectation should be set in, in meetings. Not for hype, but what I really believe God's going to do tonight. But I remember being in this place in my, in my recliner. It's my, my picture of rest. I don't have a recliner anymore. We sold it. We're in transition right now. And and, and I miss it, but I, I just, I wonder what's happening to the people that got the recliner. Because the people that came and picked it up, you know, they were like, I used to be, they were rough, you know. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, you have no idea the saturation of the presence of God that's in that thing. <laughs> they may still be crying. I've sold that months ago. I don't know why. I just keep crying when I sit in this chair. Maybe it's just that comfortable. <laughs> I had it for five years. It wasn't that expensive. It probably isn't that comfortable anymore. <laughs> so I believe it's important to set expectation, but it's from this place of rest because if I am concerned about moving you, then I can't be moved by love. Because I'm trying to make sure that, you, that I, get, I get you what you want. And I've figured out, others have helped me figure out, that it's not my responsibility. It's that when I live in this place of unity and oneness, the intimacy that I was talking about with Jesus, then He's going to give you what He already wants to. Right? He wants way more for, uh, maybe you already know this, but he wants way more for me than what I hope for a lot of times. It's just because he's good. And I know we can look at the world and all those things that are going wrong, and it's just because now we're going through stuff in the United States and others where the church is thriving in other nations, they've been going through stuff for a long time, right? <laughs> and many of them have been going through it longer than what we've existed. And they're thriving under persecution. The fastest growing churches in the world are Iran and in China, where they're being persecuted the most. And they're thriving. And God is teaching the church in America how to thrive under circumstances that aren't ideal. <laughs> Isn't that good news? It's good news because my external is not supposed to move me. Whatever's going on in my life, and, and, and 80 
5% of the time, that's where I live now. I'm, I'm going towards that other 15%. I'm not there all the time. But a lot of the time, I get to live from that place. And it's because of this revelation when I was laying in my recliner. And I see Jesus walk into the room. It's always a good picture, right? I see, with my eyes closed, I see a lot of visions. Let me just show you how I see. I see a lot of them in my, in my mind's eye. It wasn't an open vision. It wasn't with my eyes open. It was in my mind's eye. I see Jesus walk into the room, and, and he starts to talk to me, and he says this. He says, if, if you sat there for the rest of your life and never did another thing, never gave another prophetic word, never saw another person healed, never preached another sermon, never saw anybody else saved, he said, I'd love you just the same. He said, but I love you so much that every day I'd be inviting you into the more. <laughs> and that began this process of realizing that I wasn't working for his love. Right? I'm not working for him to love me. I'm just I'm allowing it to take place. And one of the expectations that I have tonight is that there's going to be an impartation of heaven. I love it when we get impartation from the people that we love. We've got some impartation from the people that we love, right? That we look up to, Randy Clarks and Bill Johnson and Heidi Baker and Robbie Dawkins and Leif Hetland and whoever you love. Put them, put them in there. Bishop Joseph Garlington, whoever, whoever you love. Put them, put them in that place. I love it when that happens. But I love it even more when God just releases it. Because it all came from Him anyway, right? Anything that I get to, that we get to carry came from Him. In all of it, I will check at the door of heaven. I won't need any anointing there. I won't need any gifting there. I won't need any grace there. Right? <laughs> I don't need any of it. It comes, it comes from him, and it goes, back, it goes back to him. It's for the assignment. And so I believe that the impartation of heaven is going to come tonight. And I believe that some of you will feel... You may feel it already. You have electricity on, on your, in your body or on your body. You'll feel heat, not just because it's hot in here. I promise the air conditioner is working overtime. But some of you, you will feel, maybe you'll start to shake. Maybe you'll just feel this overwhelming peace. Maybe you'll feel this overwhelming love. If that begins to happen to you while I'm speaking, just raise your hand. Raise your hand or, or, or stand up if you're willing. And we're just going to do this. We're going to say more God. I'm, I'm really nervous about this part of it. I promise I am. I've never done this before. I really felt like it was Jesus, though. So I'm just willing to take, I'm willing to take a risk. So if you start to weep uncontrollably, more God. <laughs> yes! <laughs> more God. Whew. Man, I thought for sure I missed him. <laughs> more God. You guys are going to have to help me. When you see hands pop up, just point at them and say, more God. You don't have to scream it. Don't smack them or anything. Just... just <clears throat> no wiggles worth them. Just say more, God. <laughs> yes. I also believe that if you came in the room tonight with physical pain, if you came in the room with pain, raise your hand. If you got physical pain or you need sick, you you need healed from sickness. Not if you need sickness. We ain't given that. But it, <laughs> I'm South Indianapolis. I can say ain't, can I? So. If you need healing in your physical body tonight, I believe that while I'm speaking that God's releasing, releasing healing, releasing miracles. I'm not going to define the difference, but there is, there is a difference. It's not, it's not semantics. There's, there's a difference between healing and miracles. But I believe they're going to happen tonight. 
<laughs> the Friday night crowd, you're okay with staying a little bit longer, right? <laughs> I won't preach long, I promise, just to preach. When he's done, we'll go eat. I just can't guarantee you when that will be. Did you bring a snack? A few of you did, I know. <laughs> so this is what I want you to declare. Can you do this with me? Will you trust me? Say this, healing is easy. Healing is easy. Mir- miracles are easy. Because the Father wants to do them them. more than I want Him to. to. I was created created to effortlessly walk walk in the miraculous. miraculous. It's my new nature. It's It's part of who I am. am. And tonight, tonight, I will get a deeper revelation revelation of of that truth. And it will transform me even more than I already am. <laughs> that was good all by itself. I could probably pray. If we just meditate on that right there. God wants to do miracles. Have you ever thought this? Maybe you haven't. I used to think that I had to beg God to do something for me. That if I prayed hard enough, you ever prayed so hard you got tired? You're like, I'd pray hard. I'd pray loud. I'd pray in tongues. I'd pray big words. I don't even know if they, they were right or made sense. My vocabulary is not that in-depth. If you hear me use a big word, it was usually Holy Spirit inspired. Then later I'm like, hey, did that fit in that sentence? Did that even make sense? But I've prayed hard. I've prayed long. I, I've, I've tried. I love prayer models. I love prayer models. I'm, I'm a product of Randy Clark's healing school. I'm a product of Global School of Supernatural Ministry. Randy Clark and them are, are the most biblically, theologically sound people that I know of that operate in the power of God. The, I mean, I don't know. They, when you go to one of their schools, you're getting college-level educa- theological education while you're getting the education in the supernatural. Because they're not ever, they were never meant to be separate, right? It's not I get lots of education so that I knew stuff and I can win arguments. You know that you can know the religious spirit by when they, they get mad when, when you tell them or you don't agree with them. Sometimes it's pride. Sometimes it's just religion. I'm familiar. I used, to look, I used to look religion in the mirror on a daily basis. Religion's meaner than sin. It is. I, 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 hate relig- I hate that spirit that operates behind it. Not the people that are still in religion. I have compassion and mercy because I was there. But but I hate that spirit because it tells you you got to do something to get somewhere. You got to. I won't mention. I don't want to offend anybody. So I don't. I just. I, I there. It's just. It's just mean. We'll leave it at that. But I, I. It's not supposed to be either or. It's supposed to be what they say at the vineyard, both and more. Right. It's all of the word of God I can get, and all of the 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 Holy Spirit I can get. Put your hands together. Right? It's like, I want it all. Every bit of it. (laughs) It's it's literally, I want all of it. I I want to know the Word of God because it's my foundation. 
It's what anchors me into behind the mercy seat there, and that's where my hope lies. I have a place to hang my hat on the promises of God when I know the Word of God. doesn't mean I need to know a bunch of it to do stuff. You don't have to know any of it to do the stuff. <laughs> but I, I want to teach people that it's important to read our Bibles, but to fall in love with the Holy Spirit is equally as important. Because I told God some years ago, it was probably three years ago when I was headed back from this funeral and I had just buried the, the young man who led me to the Lord and it was a tragic thing and, and I got to do his funeral and, and, and one side of his family was a particular denomination that didn't agree with uh, my theological uh, train of thought and then the other part of his family were all bikers. And so neither one of them wanted to hear me preach the gospel at his funeral. But it, all I care about is the, the family getting, what, getting honored and getting what they asked for. And they asked me to preach the gospel. And then I heard some of that particular denomination arguing over theology at the graveside. And I remember listening to them and, and noticing that it was more about right and wrong than it was about people. And God, it, it was like he, he broke into my heart with love that, that day. And, and it wasn't my time to cry or any of that stuff while I was doing the funeral. I, I hold that off to later. And for all of you that are in inner healing ministry, I promise I get back to it and take care of it. <laughs> it's important. I know that. But it's just not time for me to cry when I, others are leaning on me. And so I, I left that place. And on the drive home after I dropped my other friend off, I said, God, if I ever have to choose between learning more of your word or loving people like you do, I'll, I'll choose loving people like you do. <laughs> because you know love ultimately is what it's all about. And so I want to show you some pictures of showing you how easy it is to heal the sick. And, and I believe that it will raise faith in the room, but that's not what I'm doing it for. Will you show the crowd picture where I was in Recife, Brazil? This was in December there's a little over 400 people, and can you see all the people that are standing? All those people are standing because they need physical healing. They, they have pain in their bodies. It was about 90-some percent of the people, over 400 people. And then I'm on stage in, in front of a crowd of people who need healed, and the only thing Jesus has told me is, I want you to invite the Holy Spirit and just watch what I do. And I'm like, I'm, I'm battling with that performance thing. I'm like, that's not enough. I'm going to need to pray something. <laughs> I got my prayer model ready. More God. Yeah, I, I got my prayer model, you know what I mean, cocked and ready. I got, I got some demonic stuff, or, you know, authority stuff over here. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, I got some other stuff. That I don't even know what it is. I'm going to pull it out back here. I'm going to kabada shabada, you know what I mean? Whatever it takes. I'm going to holler, wave my hand, take off. I didn't have my jacket on that night, did I? <laughs> hundred degrees, they want me to wear a sport coat. I'm like, oh, <laughs> devil, you are a liar. <laughs> but these amazing people, you see this lady right here in the red? See the lady in the red dress? I'll show you in the side. Let me come over here. Right here, her. She, the, the night had started out that people were getting healed left and right. We just walked in the building. There's a guy in a bike accident. His, his knee gets healed. Another lady's back gets healed. Another lady's knee gets healed. We hadn't got to our seats yet. I just saw a guy with a wrist brace, right? He became a legal target. And what happened to me on this trip is that love 
consumed me and I fell in love with, with people. I finally fell in love with people. I've been in love with ministry. I've been in love with the work of ministry. I've been in love with seeing the sick healed. I've been in love with giving prophetic words. I've been in love with wanting to be the greatest preacher. Right now, I just settle for being okay. <laughs> but I've been in love with all that stuff. And on this trip, God, after, after this prayer that I had prayed three years ago, God had been working in me. The process for you won't be that long, or maybe you're far past me. I don't know. But it had been working in me, and on this trip, it was a whole new level. Now, I love people at this point, but usually up to the point that I could tolerate them. <laughs> Aren't you glad God doesn't look at us like that? Aren't you glad that we can't get on God's nerves? <sighs> Do you know that we don't have the capacity to make Him mad or aggravate Him? 1 Corinthians 13 for all the Bible verses you want for that one. That's God's nature. <laughs> Mercy triumphs over judgment. I know there'll be a time for all that. We're just not living in it. Aren't you glad? I am. So we get to this lady, and I know, like, I've, we've seen four people physically, God physically healed them before we got to our seats. This lady's hanging out over in this area. I see her out of my peripheral, and I know she wants prayer. And I'm at the point where I feel like I've never been in this place before. I feel that I might be dishonoring the house. I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to go to my seat, and I'm going to ignore her, right? Not, not intentionally. I'm going to get back to her later, but I don't want to pray for anybody else right now. It feels like I don't know, you know, I was a guest in their house. And all we were there to do was communion. We didn't know it till we were on the way. That's Saturday night communion service. <clears throat> yeah. I got six churches. That, I mean, the church in Brazil, they're exploding. And, 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 and so I didn't know it was a God thing that I was ignoring her. And I, I, I pass over, thank God for Google Translate. And I don't know, but it's, uh, it's accurate in Brazil. Uh, Portuguese, it's accurate in Portuguese, at least to the best of my knowledge. Nobody slapped me or, or said anything crazy to me that I, I know. And I pass it over to her, and I said, do you need healing? And she says, yes, I have level 10 pain in my body, and I have for, for years. And I need uh, emotional healing too. And I'm like, and I, and, and I saw, I, I read it, get it translated, and I send it back, and I say, Jesus is going to heal you tonight. It's one of those things when you let go of the phone, you're like, oh boy. <laughs> All right, Jesus. <laughs> you're up. And, and, and I'm not encouraging you to do that all the time, but it was one of those moments when it was just a, a faith statement. And I'm, I'm thankful that, that faith was the runway for Jesus' love that night. And I stepped down as we were getting ready to do communion. I got to pray. My, my pastor, uh, Lynn Ballinger, said, you've got 15 minutes. <laughs> so this was done in less than 15 minutes. And I said, before we get started, I said, this lady right here, she needs, she needs healing in her body. I told her what was going on. And, and I just held my hand over her head. And I said, peace in Jesus' name. I'd get a revelation that peace was shalom. The Greek word arene goes all the way back to the Hebrew word shalom. And so it's everything you need in one word. If you ever needed to say one word, you only had time. For one word, just say peace or shalom. <laughs> Every hippie that didn't know what they were doing, did they? They were <laughs> releasing peace. <laughs> I used to be kind of a hippie. I just kind of did their drugs. I really didn't. <laughs> I didn't dress like them. <laughs>
I'll stop there. And so, and, and, and so then right after release peace, I say, how are you? And she just starts to weep. And Jesus had completely healed her from all the pain in her body in that moment. That's why she's on her knees right there. And then we said, I wasn't trying to raise faith in the room. I, I just was compelled to love this one person in this moment. That was it. Just to love her in this moment. It wasn't about all these people seeing it. It wasn't about hyping people up. I didn't even know what was going to happen. I didn't know if anybody had pain. I just knew she needed healed. And love, love compelled me in that moment to just do what Jesus was doing. Because when we're one, we do the same things. And so then I tell the translator, I said, have everybody stand up that has pain. And they all stand up. And I say, hey, did they understand what you said? And <laughs> I was like, this is, you know, it's like <laughs> too many. I'm like too many people. <laughs> My gosh. You know, I, I was like good with 20, good with 50. Don't know about this. <clears throat> I'm just being honest, right? And so like when I told you, I was, being, I was nervous, you know. Tonight, it's okay to be nervous, not okay to live in fear. It's all right. And so uh, I, the translator tells me, yeah, they heard you, and I'm, I'm standing up too. And he needed, he needed physically healed too. He had pain in his body. And after inviting the Holy Spirit co to come and thanking him about three different times for what he was doing, and, and just thanking him, just Thanksgiving, where all but six people were completely pain-free, and the six that were standing up were 50% or more completely healed. It may have been after they left. So over 400 people healed in a moment of what the Holy Spirit did. I say that not to turn attention to us, but to let you know it was inviting the Holy Spirit to come and saying thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you already want to do. What would it be like if I thought every day that he wants to invade the places that I go more than I want him to? I believe that I'm in a room of people right now that are, are, are being transformed by that truth right there, right? Being transformed by that truth right there. Amen. And so if you would go to, I, I want to show you our, our training model now. Now, would you go to the picture of the teenage girl? This is on the same trip in Argentina. So she was wrecked with depression and suicide. We pray, for, me and my translator pray for her. Uh, she gets free. Again, it was short prayer. Now, would you go to the next one uh, with, this is right after this. So there she is praying for this lady's alignment to be healed. She gets free. I say, here, come do this. She's 15 years old. She prays. This lady's alignment gets healed and her back gets healed. She had, all, she had like 30 seconds of training. I said, do this. I said, I'm going to hold the lady's feet because she's a young lady. I don't want to make her hold the feet, right? I'm being, I'm being polite, you know. If it would have been a young man, I'd have made him hold the feet. Especially in a country when it's, where it's hot. You get where I'm going with this, right? But love gets you down on your knees wherever you're at. And so I just say, tell it, leg grow, back be healed in Jesus' name. And that's what she does. <laughs> a teenager that, that listened to me. It was amazing. And then, guess what? The lady was healed. So this is what we do next because they're all coming up to me. They're like, he's the guy, right? And I'm like, no. Go to the next picture, if you would, of, the, of her and her little sisters. So uh, eight and six years old. I say, there's another person that comes up for prayer. I say, go grab your little sisters. Amazing family. 
I say, now you teach them what I just taught you. I know it, she didn't have to write it down or anything. It was, I know it was profound, but it was just that one-step prayer model. So this lady's ankle is giving out every time she walks, and she's a dancer. So she can't, she can't walk, excuse me, let alone dance. Her ankle's swollen, bruised, messed up, and her back is all jacked up. And so she has her little sisters pray the same thing that I had her pray, and guess what happened? You, yeah, you guessed it. Jesus healed through them. And so then it was like generations in a moment stepping into healing ministry, and they had been trained all of a minute or two. I say all that to show you, and I've got one more picture just because it's up there. It's, wor it's worth showing just because it's, it's up there. I say all that to show you that he wants to do it more than we want him to. I love prayer models. I used the five-step prayer model for, for some years, and I love using them to train people. It's good to train people at times in prayer models. But what's even better is to, to train people in love so that their desire isn't just to get people healed, but to bring people into wholeness. And I'll give you some scripture for that in a moment. But will you put that picture of Caleb, Caleb up there? So this, this little boy is so cute, so pretty, that my wife thought he was a little girl. And his little sister, he's three. His little sister was even cuter than him, if you can imagine that. And this is, this is back in Recife. And he was severely autistic. So autistic that when he came up to me, he's just freaking out. Sensory, uh, like he, he can't be touched, he won't look you in the eyes, nothing. He's just freaking out. His mom comes up after I preached uh, through a translator that couldn't translate very well. It was, a, it was a frustrating night. But when I'm in love, then the frustration doesn't overwhelm me and make me have a bad attitude. For moments like this, I, I wouldn't want to miss, I would have traveled around the world to, for this moment right here. And so I didn't know that he'd already been to the doctor, already diagnosed with severe autism. His mom's boxing him in, and I don't know what's wrong. I'm asking, I said, what's wrong, what's wrong with him? Does he have autism? I just assumed. She's like, yeah. And immediately, I just start to involuntarily say, peace, 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 like five times. I had no clue what I was doing. I'm glad I didn't know what I was doing because I probably would have tried to pray really hard because I've prayed for autistic kids before. Right? I've prayed for a handful of people that have autism, kids and young people. I just released peace like four or five times, and he stops. This is after, clearly after I, you know, me and Jesus released peace on him. Come on, more God. One revelation can change everything. He stops after I release peace, and in this moment... He just stares into my eyes, and I hold my hand out, and he puts his hand in mine. And, and then I put my hand over top of his, and he puts his hand over top of mine. And we're just sitting there holding hands, staring into each other's eyes, right? And so I'm like, I'm going, I'm going in. I just hold my arms out, and he, you know, for a hug, and he just comes in and hugs me. And I look at his mom, and through the translator, I'm like, has he ever done this before? She's like, no, never, never. We find out in January she took him back to the doctor. He's not autistic anymore. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing. It's just being in love. That's it. 
being in love, because it's one thing to pray a prayer model or, or make a declaration of knowing the right words, but I release through that prayer part of who I am. And when I realize, because Jesus, Nicodemus comes to him in John chapter 3, Nicodemus comes to him, and he's like, we know, you know, at night he sneaks in, he's like, I got to get, you know, one-on-one with this dude. And so Nicodemus sneaks in, and he's like, we know that you've been sent by God because of the miracles that you do. And Jesus says, this is Jesus' response. You can look at it in John chapter 3. He says, unless a man be born again, he won't see the kingdom. That's an odd response for, for the question that he asked. But we gather from that that Jesus correlated miracles with the kingdom becoming visible. Right? But he said, someone has to be born again. I'm going to take you on a short journey. We're going to end in this place of love, okay? You ready? All right, I'm going to read you some scripture. In 1 Peter 1.23 it says, Having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Jesus, in Romans 8.29, Paul refers to him, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. <laughs> Let me read one more. John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right or the authority. The word right there for right is exousia. It's where authority is used several other times in the New Testament. It's jurisdiction. It's right. It's amazing. And I love living in it. He said he gave them the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. You're like, why are you giving me a gospel sermon? I want to take us back to the beginning. I like the song too, but take us back to the beginning. Because when Jesus says that we're born again, he actually means what it says in 1 Peter 1.23, is that the very seed that some of us relate the curse that we were born into, the very seed that caused us, we're all, you know, most of us are adults here, we get that it was a seed that made it possible that we come here and then Jesus formed us in the womb, but we were still born into sin. That's why Jesus said a man has to be born uh, again, right? Not by the flesh, but by water and the Spirit. Those that are born through the Word of God. And in John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So then it talks about Jesus being the firstborn. He predestined us to be just like Jesus. But it takes us getting born again. So salvation wasn't a prayer that caused me to escape hell, but actually brought me into an incorruptible destiny that changed the very DNA of, my, of, of me. The very DNA that you carry is the DNA of heaven. All the family curses and all the uh, bad parenting and all the things. Maybe you didn't have any of that. But any of the things that you felt like you brought into the kingdom with you, I know that I thought I brought some stuff in there, and I did. But if I would have got this revelation of being born of incorruptible seed, I would have realized that everything changed except for my mind. Yeah. 
And then my mind had to be transformed. And then the Christian life actually became more about discovering what was already on the inside of me than me trying to get breakthrough. Me trying to fast to get something from God that I didn't already have. Come on, we were born in the likeness and in the image of Jesus. I promise this is very important to walking in the life of the miraculous. <laughs> but even more important in walking in the life of love. Because when I get born again, my nature actually changes. And the number one thing that changes on the inside of me is love. Everything in the kingdom is faith working through love, right? It's like when I realize the love that I was born into and the love that actually is on the inside of me and the love that he wants to love me with every second of every single day, all the revelation that I get, all the truth about my identity, all the things that I read in the word of God, that love is mingled with the truth and when it's saturated with love, that truth actually solidifies in the foundation of who I am and brings me into a place that I can live out of the truth of what I have learned from the Word. Have you ever had declarations that you were, you were declaring for a long time and, and you weren't seeing the change in your life? Right? You're like, I'm joyful and you're really angry. Like, that person doesn't make me mad. And you're plotting things to do to them. Look, I, I know you're all saints and holy now. But I thought some pretty bad stuff at the beginning of Christianity, even in some years into it. I'll be honest with you. But when I found out the nature that I'd been born into and the love that he had for me, it actually caused me to go back into that place of resting in him and just allowing him to love me. You know a great test for, for finding out whether we believe the truth that we talk about is to stand in the mirror and look in your eyes, look in your own eyes, and say, I was worth everything Jesus paid for me. I'm worth every drop of blood. I'm worth his love. I was worth him sending his son for me. I'm amazing. I'm valuable. I'm God's masterpiece, even when I feel messy. <laughs> right? Can you look in the mirror and say that stuff? You're like, well, that seems like it could be prideful. No, it's just actually me, me learning who I am. Because when I learn who I am, it benefits the whole world. Jesus came with two laws. Not four, two. He said, love God with all you've got and love your neighbor as you love yourself. But, can, but there was a time when I looked in the mirror and I, I couldn't say I love you to myself. As a Christian, I couldn't say I love you. I couldn't say you're amazing. Right? Pick it. What is it? What is it for you? Right? What are the things? Because I believe that God's bringing truth tonight that will, will bring transformation to our minds in a moment. Because it's, I thought for a long time that it took months and months and months for transformation to take place. 
I realize that we're in process, but I will never use process as an excuse of enablement of the lack of my own growth when I know the truth. This is what I feel like God's this is what I feel like God's doing, not just in the room. More God. This is what I feel like God's doing, not just in the room. But He's raising up lovers. We aren't interested, we personally, and even the people that we run with that are in this room, we're not interested in raising up people who can see the sick healed or see miracles. What our priority is, is to raise up lovers who will love people into wholeness. I saw lots of sick people healed and didn't see a lot of people become whole. Right? I, my knees were healed. Not long after I, I said yes to Jesus, I, I didn't become whole. I had gotten healed, but I hadn't become whole. What would be better, me to learn how to release power to heal the sick and drive demons out, or me to live out of a place of love? So deep that every time I pray, I release wholeness instead of only power. Because I've been in the place where I've seen miracles happen and I didn't love the person in front of me. I've given accurate prophetic words. I've seen people uh, give their life to Jesus or what appeared to be born again. And I didn't love them. And so learning how to heal the sick is as easy as it was to that 15-year-old girl and that 8-year-old girl and that 6-year-old girl in releasing peace or sometimes just not know what you're doing. It's not about just healing the sick because we live in a world right now where people don't just need healing of their physical bodies. Yes, I realize the importance of that. It's the gospel. Heal the sick, raise the dead, drive out demons, and preach the gospel as freely as you have received, freely give. I've been preaching that for 11 years, right? Even when I wasn't seeing healing happen, I was still preaching it. I still haven't seen any dead people raised, even though I've tried. If you want to see dead people raised, you've got to be around more dead people. I'm going to talk about it 10 a.m. session. I'm going to talk tomorrow morning about what to do with disappointment. Because I know what it is to know that Jesus heals. To know that he wants to heal more than I want him to and still not see it happen. And so I'll talk about that tomorrow morning. I won't, I won't ruin it for you, but it's one of my favorite messages in the world to preach. Because it's our life message. Isn't that honey? It's our life message of what to do with disappointment. And so I understand that there are things that happen to us. But when I realize who I am in love, and my main goal on a daily basis is to let him love me, I'll live out of a place unaffected by what's happening in the world. And then people will wonder, why is your light so bright in this dark place? You should be living in this place of just pretty much having a bummer every day. Right? I don't understand why you got joy. I don't understand how you have peace. It's remaining in love. Can I tell you that I have read tons of scripture? Maybe not as much as some of you. I have prayed and fasted countless days over the short time that I've been a Christian. Right? And nothing, 
I've made declarations. I've prayed in tongues loud. I've prayed hard. I've prayed long. I've, you know, I've laid before the Lord. I do all the things. Intimacy. I do all the things that my mentors taught me. And all of that is very important. I get it. Fast. Pray. Read the Word. Spend time with God. Pray in your prayer language if you've got one. If you don't, get one. It's just, it's just a, every syllable is, a, is, is an, an intimate love language that God has given you to Him. And, and with every syllable, it draws me deeper in intimacy with Him. That's how I look at it. It's not just praying in tongues. It's intimacy. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. And so that's what I'm thinking about. He's drawing me deeper. He's drawing me deeper with every, every syllable that I'm praying. All of that combined has not brought me into greater transformation than allowing him to love me. Because when I first started to allow him to love me, what it did was is it bumped up against a lie that said I'm not worth all of it. I'm only worth some of it. Unless you love me a little bit. Have you ever been in a relationship and it got going so well that you self-destructed at some point? Because you're like, you're loving me too much. I'm going to have to, <laughs> hold on. I'm going to mess this up. Not in, maybe not even consciously, but subconsciously, because you love me too well. Have you ever thought that could happen to us in Christianity? When God's love starts to really be lavished on us, and then we run, and then we mess up all of a sudden. What if it was the source of some of the uh, repeating cycles in our life? Uh, have you ever had a repeating cycle in Christianity of, of sin or something you did that was wrong? Maybe not a sin leading to death, but something that was sin still. You know, just keep doing it. You're like, I don't know why I keep doing it. Just me. <laughs> but what if I allowed him to love me and it broke the power of that thing? If I let his love go down into every part of me and realize that I'm worth, you're worth every ounce of his love. Every bit of it. Every bit of it that sent Jesus. I can tell you need some more scripture. You ready for some more scripture? <laughs> yes, my wife's on board. That's all that really matters. <laughs> I'm going to read this passage to you, and then I'm going to try to, try to close. We'll see what Jesus wants to do. We'll have some fun. You guys still okay? You good? All right. I'm hot, but I'm all right. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 16, or 16, part A of the verse. <clears throat> I want to take us into this place of, of what the goal of Christianity is. You probably already know the goal, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, okay? And so I just, I just it took me longer to figure this out than it may have you, but it, it really, and I'm being serious, I'm not, I'm not being sarcastic, I, it, it took me a while to figure out what this thing was really about, all right? I came out of sports and performance, and, and I, just wanted to, I just wanted to be amazing, I just, want, I, just want, I just wanted to be amazing. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to be amazing, except for when you want to do it for something, for love. Then there's something wrong with it. Because all of my, all of my efforts, I thought, was gaining me something that he had already given me. 
And so instead of resting in what was already available to me, I was trying to earn it through all of the things that I was, quote unquote, accomplishing for him. I was just trying to impress God on a daily basis. I just bet he, you know, I could just see him smiling down, and he's like, that was a great try, son. (laughs) I love that God celebrates progress, not perfection. He's all about the journey. He's not concerned about the end result. (laughs) I want to talk about what else he's not concerned about, but not tonight. So 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 16. And then I've got a few more pictures that I want to show you. They're really tested. Because for me to know where I'm at in him, to know how much I've grown, there, there has to be tests, right? And I don't believe that he's giving them, honestly. I'm like, I, I don't believe that he's like, well, let's see how they do here. God knows how we're going to do. He's all-knowing. <laughs> I think life tests us. And a lot of times, I don't even believe it's the enemy. I don't like to give him that much credit. He's not giving flat tires or causing the light to be red when you're late. (laughs) Just leave earlier. (laughs) Right? I I don't... (laughs) I don't believe he's giving colds. I, I realize that he can do sickness and disease and all tragedy and all that stuff. I know he can do all that, but not to a people who know who they are. <laughs> Principalities of powers got disarmed at the cross in Colossians 2.15, right? He made it a public show of them, like triumph, through, like dance through the street. He was uh, shaming, basically shaming them. <laughs> and every time we love somebody intentionally, in a moment, it reminds the devil that he's lost. <laughs> the greatest spiritual warfare we could ever do w- would be to know who we are. Because I can b- bind him and remind him and cast him out and do all those things, but if I don't know who I am, he's really not moved. He's familiar with what orphan looks like, and he's really familiar with what sons and daughters look like. not so scared of the one, really scared of the other. (laughs) I know there's a place for prayer and all that, but I believe that every day that, that I wake up, even while I'm asleep, and I wake up in love and I say, here I am, Dad, for you to love me in this moment. And when I allow him to do that, I live out of that place of love. And and when I start my day out, I've already bound the devil by my actions. I don't ever have to pray the prayer. What if when he said, whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven? What if he was talking about, I'm not giving you a new theology, I'm just asking you a question. What if Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 where it says we're seated in heavenly places with Christ. What if he was talking about living from a place and not praying a prayer? What if he was talking about the way we live our life and not actually something that I pray? Come on. Have you? I was, my gosh, I was so, so demon focused for a time in my life. Lindsay is all too familiar. Now, I learned 
some valuable things. I promise I'll get to 2 Corinthians 5 in a moment. I learned some valuable things during that time, but I was so focused on the devil. Behind every bush, every corner, right? Coffee didn't taste right, devil. I believe bad coffee is from the devil, but... Everything was the devil. And all day long, because I'm a feeler, so discerning the spirits is one of the spiritual gifts that I have. And I don't feel everything, but I feel some things. And one of the things I feel are demons. And so when he finds out you're a feeler, you know what he does? He makes sure that you become more aware of him. So I became more focused on him than God. And whatever I focus on, it's the law of magnification, biblical principle of magnification. Whatever I focus on gets bigger. And so I focused on the devil so much that he was ginormous. And I had a little bitty God <laughs> who couldn't help me. Right? That's what I thought. <laughs> Not unless I prayed, fasted, declared, and did all these spiritual gymnastics. And then just maybe, <laughs> the devil will get off my back. <laughs> right? I... I, I I lived like that for, for, I don't know, maybe five years. Five years of focusing on the enemy. And, and I would all the time, I'm ever, everywhere I go, I'm blind you, devil, you know, under my breath. <laughs> Finally, when I got, you know, a little bit of common sense because of my wife, binding devils everywhere. I didn't even know what for. I'm just binding them. Everywhere, I blind you, devil, cast you down to hell. I don't know. I don't know where they're going. You know what I mean? Somebody told me to, to cast them into outer darkness. Somebody told me to cast them to hell. Somebody said cast cast them out where there is no water, because body, our bodies hold water. You know what I mean? They're attracted. I'm like, I don't know where to send them, but I'm sending them somewhere. I said, <laughs> you know what? I was just scared. I was just scared. It's because I didn't live in love. And perfect love drives out fear. You all know that, right? It's amazing. I'm glad I'm in the room with people who know perfect love drives out fear. But I didn't know that. And so I was walking around scared. <laughs> I'm supposed to be this tough, macho, athlete, ex-con, you know, with this packet and all this bragging stuff that I wore as a badge of honor. And I am petrified of the devil messing my day up. It was, I can laugh about it now, but I didn't have a lot of laughs back then. There wasn't a lot of joy. I lived in a constant bummer, right? I felt good in the presence. I felt good in the presence of God. And I thought that the presence only showed up when there was good worship. Or, or maybe good preaching. And then I feel the manifest presence. Remember, I was a feeler. So I feel the manifest. I'm like, yes, the presence. But then I thought the presence stayed in the church. And so I, I got a job at the church. I figure I'll work at the church. If the presence is in the church, maybe I can hang out at the church. You know, I went to the Old Testament, Obed-Edom. You know what I mean? The Ark of the Covenant. I'm like, maybe they got an ark back here. I'll just hang out in the church. 
And lo and behold, I found out that I am a carrier of the presence of God. That the presence actually has a name. Holy Spirit. Because when you feel His presence, He's present. When I don't feel His presence, it's because I'm not aware that He's with me. And so now I want to live in this constant state of knowing that we are one. Siraj, if you haven't listened to Wednesday night's message, Siraj Thomas, I would, I would encourage you to listen to it on our Facebook Live. He talks about allowing God to love him and living in love. Really? Yeah, I mean, there's like a handful of us that are saying the same thing. And, and then Siraj tells me what he's going to preach on a Wednesday night, and he just crushed it. Not because he preached an amazing message. It was an amazing message. But he imparted who he was to us, who he is to us, because he's living a lifestyle. Because I can teach you what I know, but I can only impart who I am. And so I can be in front of you and pray and do all these spiritual gymnastics. And I may not ever release anything to you if I'm not living out of my identity as love. Come on, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Jesus showed us what God looks like. Hebrews 1.3, Colossians 1.15, John 1.18. He declared who the Father is. His life looks just like the Father. And then we were the firstborn among, He was the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. You and I were predestined to look like Jesus. We were predestined to look just like Him. And I used to make all kinds of excuses of why I couldn't live out of a place that He created me for. And He just kept, I I felt like it was rude. He kept taking all my excuses. Not good enough. Not good enough. My nature trumps that. My word trumps that. You were created in my image. You were destined to look like me. You belong to me. Love's more powerful than that lie. <laughs> My truth supersedes that. It was just, it just one after another. He's just continually leaving me without excuse. And so now I just don't want to have excuses. And it says in 2 Corinthians 5, I'm there, <laughs> that the love of Christ, this is Paul talking to the church at Corinth, the love of Christ compels us. In the NASB, it says the love of Christ controls us. If you're anything like me early on in Christianity, I'm like, you ain't controlling me. You ain't telling I still had a lot of rebellion in me. I'm like, you ain't telling me what to do. That's the attitude that got me in the place where they told me what to do every moment of every day. <laughs> it's funny how that works. <laughs> For the love of Christ controls us, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. Verse 15, and he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died and rose again on their behalf. Therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. For the love of Christ controls us. That word means to hold together, to compel Because other translations said the love of Christ compels us. In the passion it says it fuels our our passion, right? It's love that does that. 
but I like the word control because it translates to hold still. Why would God want to keep me still? If you look at Psalms 46.10, it says, Be still and know that I am God. Do you know that that word still is translated Rapha? <laughs> Be still. It's translated to make, to make whole, to heal, to cure. In the stillness of His love is where I remain whole. And from that place of wholeness, I am able to release wholeness to others around me. Because the love of God is the priority of everything that we were made for. I remain in this place of being still in His love. And I can walk in that stillness. I can do my job in that stillness. I can go on a date with my wife in that stillness. And I remain in this place of knowing who I am as the whole person that you and I were created to be. Do you know that right now your soul is not fragmented? I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I, I know you might want to argue with me about that. But this is what I would propose to you. Is that the main problems that I personally dealt with as a Christian all were between my ears. Because how could I be born again of incorruptible seed and then be fragmented on the inside? I know there's hurts and wounds and forgiveness that needs to happen. And I know that there's still shame on people and condemnation and all of those things. But I will tell you that the truth will supersede all of those things and destroy every lie in a moment. And I know, because that's the foundation of inner healing, right? We walk them through replacing lies with truth. And I know that it can go deeper in that. And I'm not here to propose a new type of ministry. I'm just here to propose the Word of God. Because God is raising up lovers. Because sometimes it can be a process, but other times it can happen in a hug. Because when I really fall in love with Jesus, I will live out of that love. And in a moment, you can become whole when I hug you or vice versa. I made this complicated for a long time. And then I came to this place where I began to fall in love with Jesus and not fall in love with all the things I mentioned. And this is, this is what tested my, my love more than, than anything, right? Because when I was spending time with Jesus, like I'm a rock star in that relationship, right? Dancing around the room when there's nobody else to conversate with or do healthy relationship with or healthy confrontation. I'm like, on the top of the mountain, I am super Christian, <laughs> But eventually, <laughs> I'm going to encounter someone else that, that may disagree with me. <laughs> or tell me how it is, right? And I need to hear it. How will I respond in that moment? <clears throat> I, 
I, I love Christians ministering to Christians. We, we do this. It's what the gifts of this uh, fivefold ministry is for. The apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. We, we build one another up. We, we build, I get the privilege of building up the body, right? And, and, and this is like a cheer you on, encourage you, empower you, and then you go out and, and do that to somebody else, right? Right? I get the privilege of doing that. I didn't pick the assignment. He, he picked me. I'm grateful for it, even though it, it still you know, makes me nervous. But my favorite place to be is in the darkest places that I can find. So, yeah, that picture right there, you are, you're on it, Alicia. Thank you so much. So you can't see this guy very well because he's about a buck fifty. And there, I was not skinny Tony. I couldn't rock these slim jeans then. I was 230-ish, Tony. <laughs> I saw y'all sizing me up. So... <laughs> They're like, how much is he now? I'm not telling. <clears throat> so this guy, you can barely see. I know it's not a very clear, but that emblem on his hat is of the Satanic Church. And we're at the Indy Pride Festival, one of my favorite places in the world to be. It is. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And so this was a few years ago. Well, three, three th two years ago now. <clears throat> And so that's Led. I remembered his name because I used to listen to Led Zeppelin. And, and <laughs> some of you are like, I don't know who Led Zeppelin is. Others of you are like, yeah. <clears throat> so this guy was holding a sign that said, free satanic hugs. Lindsay and I and, and, uh, and who all was there? Annie and who, I forget who else was there. I'm sorry if I forgot you when you were there. Please forgive me. So, Lindsay's like, look, and he's holding this great big sign. He's the little guy, right? I'm like, so my first response, not thinking, my first response in a moment shows me what I believe. Now, if it's my second or third thought and it's truth, that's amazing. That means that I'm growing in truth. And that first thought, I may need to discard and replace it with the second or the third. But I, in this moment, I, I'm not thinking, and actually that wouldn't be, if you knew me well, that wouldn't be uncommon. <clears throat> I, I, if Dave's watching, he's, he's, we're a fly by the seat of your pants ministry, so <laughs> others keep us organized. I go, honey, hold my water. I'm going to get him. So on the walk over there, he's 20 yards from me, from us. And in this moment, in 20 yards, you know, you're talking about 60 feet, a lot can go through your mind, right, as a Christian. Free satanic hugs. He's from the satanic church. He is promoting Satanism, right? And I'm like, and, and I, was, I was super proud in a good way. Nothing came through my mind. Because before it would have been, I'm going to tell him he's wrong. I'm going to tell him about Jesus. I'm going to make sure he knows he's living in sin. I'm going to, 
I'm going to do all these things, right? I get this list, this checklist. I'm going to make sure. I'm going to make sure he knows. But you know the people that we don't have relationship with that don't know Jesus yet? I, using the New Testament on them that I should only actually use out of relationship with other Christians is something that I don't get to do. I know there's a time and place for that. I'm not saying there isn't. This is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we shouldn't use the Word of God in conversations with people that are lost and don't know Jesus yet, yet to be saved. I'm not saying that, but I'm not leading with that. I'm leading with love because if anything else is my agenda, Paul said the love of God compels us. The love of God compels us. He's like, this is what drives me. This is why I do what I do for love. And so I just, he puts, I don't even know what he did with the sign. He handed it over, dropped it. I'm not even sure what. And I'm just, you know, I'm touched love language anyway. So I'm, get, I'm like, this is amazing. And, and, and before, I would have been terrified that what he had carried who he was working for, the team he was on, all that stuff was going to get on me. <laughs> and now I know that it's the other way around. <clears throat> And so Led lets me, lets me pray for him. I get, I get to, to show him, you know, share with him that, that Jesus loves him. In this conversation, I know. I know that the only thing that I need to do is show him that he's loved. And here's next year. Here's the following year with him. There's Led. <laughs> I'm just that happy to be with Led. In the satanic church booth. That's where, there's their seven tenets up there. I'm not promoting them. I'm telling you that love actually gave me an open door to love on him again. And, and, and I am praying, pray for lead. Pray that the, the truth will, will set him free. But most of all, pray that he would know that he's loved. Because this is what I said to him the next year. I said, hey man, can I release love on you? Bro, is that cool? Can I like, you know? We don't use the word pray a lot. I'm like, can I release love on you? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Because the last year, he saw that I actually loved him. And love's agenda is to love. Love's agenda is to love. Because he loves me, because he loves me, because he loves me. That's it. Can I tell you that he, he, didn't, he didn't save us so that we could work for him? He saved us because he loves us. He just wants to be with us. He wants us to come into that place, that song that Sarah sings, I'll, I'll waste all my time on you. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. Here's another person. Because when love opens a door, when they see this young lady right here, I won't tell you her name. I just remembered it, though. I couldn't remember it earlier. <laughs> I'm proud of that, if you couldn't tell. There's Sam, our daughter. <laughs> she didn't know I was going to show that picture. Maybe she got permission. <laughs> but this young lady was an atheist. Jeff was there, and Siraj was there. Siraj is the one that prayed for her. 
This young lady was an atheist and a member of the satanic church. Don't ask me how that works. I don't know. <laughs> she didn't believe the God. She didn't believe in God, but she was devoted to the devil. She was she was one of the ones that were holding the last year. We're holding the the sign free satanic hugs. And the first time that Siraj and Jeff approached her, she wasn't down with letting them pray for her. But she had fibromyalgia pain through her whole body. Imagine that. <clears throat> and the second time we encountered her after we'd been at the satanic church booth and the next time we encounter Siraj he knows her. He knew her from school. I don't think she carried that belief system then, but life was life to her, right? Life did not go well for her. Life had hurt her. She had been hurt. She had been damaged. Sometimes I have forgotten that people have been through things, and that brings them into a place of a belief system that they carry for a lot of different reasons. Because it would have been easy for me to be really offended by the fact that she was a Satanist and an atheist. Like she's like doubly, <laughs> doubly blaspheming God, right, in this moment. And uh, <laughs> I cut the picture short so some of you didn't get offended. But <clears throat> if you were in the Pride Festival, you know what I'm talking about. But in this moment, because love is relentless. Love's relentless. Siraj goes back up to her with Jeff again, and he prays this profound prayer when she finally says, go ahead. Because she says, isn't that some kind of effing Christian thing that you're doing? And we're like, no, it's just a Jesus thing. She's like, okay, go ahead. I, I just don't want you to be disappointed when nothing happens. We didn't give her any religious response of like, too blessed to be disappointed. <laughs> and Siraj says, what did you say? I release healing in Jesus' name. It was something like that. It was like 1.5 seconds long. And he says, check it out. And she had that look. Have you seen that look before? Level 10 pain through her whole body. She's got that look. Like, I'm like, mm-hmm. She's like, what, what's going on? I don't know. She said some other colorful words. She's like, what's going on here? He's like, how, how, check your, how is it? He's like, she's like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> I'm like, you're healed, aren't you? You don't have any pain. She's like, I can't, I don't know what. You know, again, just rattling off some other colorful words. Used to be some of my favorite nouns, pronouns, verbs. I used them for all kinds of things. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I, pain free. It's gone. It's all gone. She doesn't understand it, but it's all gone. Because love in that moment wasn't concerned about anything but loving her. And love looked like healing in that moment because healing and miracles and prophecy are all supposed to be a byproduct of love. All of these things are a byproduct of love. <clears throat> because the Satanists of the world and the LGBTQ 
plus, or I don't know the other letters, honestly, I don't know the other letters that they, they've, that community, or, or the Muslims that, that hate us, you know, or, or terrorists, or atheists, or agnostics, or some religious people, or I'm telling you that there, there's a world that's full of hate and the only cure is love. And that you and I get this amazing privilege. We get this amazing privilege to live out of this place of effortless, 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 effortless love when I allow him to love me. And so now I'm going to give you something practical to do because I believe practical application is important to every, every sermon, every teaching. Because if it's not practical, it's probably not spiritual. It's what I just believe. I just believe there has to be practical application. <clears throat> These are the things that, that I, I'm doing. Anybody pain-free yet? Anybody's pain left? Anybody's pain lessened? Anybody? Lessened? Lessened? Is it gone or lessened? Yours? Yours? Yes? Whose pain's gone? Anybody? Or has it just gotten, it's gotten less? Thank you, Jesus, for, for getting less. Thank you. Thank you for, yeah, completely four of them. Thank you, Lord. Intimacy is the key to everything in the kingdom. Intimacy is the key to everything in the kingdom. Nothing bypasses intimacy. Not the greatest book, not the greatest conference, not the greatest person you know to lay hands on you or me. It's intimacy, my intimate relationship with him. Because honestly, all the impartation I get when I live in intimacy with him, that's where it's actually activated. Because the person who's been walking in it for 25 years, that's seeing miracles, blind eyes 100%, deaf ears 100%, the dead being raised on a regular basis. If I think... I want to have the hope that I'm going to walk in that in a moment, right? But remember, his goal wasn't to make me the best healing whatever or the best person to raise the dead. His goal is for each one of us to look just like him because our lives are supposed to be a love letter from the Father. And that love letter becomes an invitation to every person that you and I get around because there's some person, some people that will never allow me to, to pray for them. But if I, live, if I live my life of love in front of them, it will be an invitation to them. And sometimes you just get around people when you live in love and things happen. Right? I remember Isabel was sitting right over there one time, and, and I don't know what was going on in your life, but it was a Wednesday night. I just walked past. I'm oblivious most of my life. And She's like, when you walk past, it just felt like this warm blanket came over me. Needed comforted in that moment for whatever was happening. Right? God knew what she needed. <laughs> He's just hitching a ride. <laughs> He's like, Psh. everywhere you go, you're releasing love. Every step that you take, love is being released. Every time you're having a conversation with your barista or your server or your cousin that doesn't know Jesus yet, every word, you don't have to be talking about the word. You were born through the word of uncorruptible seed. And so every word that you say, there's life and light and love that's being released. You say hi to somebody, better watch out because it's become dangerous. 
in that room. Everybody's a target for love. It's not me having to do all of the Christian things that I thought I did. It's me just being in love, living life. And when I get around people, when you get around people, life is released from you. And light is destroying darkness everywhere you go. Even when you're having a bad day. I know they may be few and far between now. But every time you get around darkness, it runs. Just by you being there. Isn't that amazing? That's living in intimacy. He uncomplicates things. The next thing that I do is just let him fully love me. You know what that you want to know what that looks like? Me getting alone with him or driving in the car when I'm by myself, turning the radio off or sitting in a chair for a moment, and I just say, Here I am, Papa, for you to love me. I just and there's no agenda. There's no prayer. There's no petition, there's no declaration, there's no praying in the Spirit, there's no reading of the Bible, not in that moment. And I just say, here I am for you to love me. And that right there is intimacy. And that right there is changing, changing our lives. Who knew that it would be this easy? Come on. And then I meditate on truth comes from the word and I ask him what truth do I need in this season one truth coming out of consumer Christianity consumer Christianity is what I used to live in I want to get all the podcasts all the YouTube videos all the books all the sermons all the worship songs the more I get the better off I'll be I'm not saying don't listen to those things I am saying one truth is all I need in this season to change my life. That's it. It's meditation versus, versus consuming. Jesus, or God told the children of Israel through Joshua, he told Joshua, meditate on my law day and night so that, right, there was a reason for meditation. He never tells us what to do just for the sake of telling us what to do. He tells us what to do because there's a reason for it. Meditate on the law day and night. When I go to sleep, I'm meditating on truth. One truth. The truth I'm meditating on right now is he loves me. He said, meditate on that for the next six months. I like that. And everything in me says that's too simple. I need more. There's, I got to, mm, let me, come on, just let me add something to that. <clears throat> it's just how I am. So I'm meditating on that one truth. When I go to bed and when I wake up in the morning, He loves me. He loves me. Isn't it that I'm not thinking about other things or making declarations during the day? I make declarations of truth, right? I'll make some over you. You're powerful people. You're world changers. You were created to be just like Him. You're living from a deep place of love. There's so much grace on your life that you're going to have to give it to three generations. There's so much life that's being released around you that cancer is not going to be able to live in the same room with you anymore. Some of you are getting breakthrough right now just by being in the room with love of more miracles and more healing. Some of you after tonight are going to step into a greater place of the miraculous than you've ever been in before. Some of you are getting an upgrade in love tonight. You have so much already that it's overflowing, but he's increasing 
I feel like I see he's increasing your capacity to carry more of his love. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's so much more. There's so much more. His truth is on the inside of you like fire. Come on, fire, shut up in your bones. Somebody like that. Yeah, fire on the inside of you. Come on, more God. His truth. His truth. Now, when I say you're powerful, it's not just a declaration over you. You are powerful. The resurrected Jesus lives on the inside of you. You two are, are closer than besties. Closer than BFFs. You are one. You, we are one with Jesus. When you walk, He walks. When you talk, He talks. When you touch somebody, He touches them. And for everybody in the room right now I, I, that's going through something that's tough, tough stuff, believe me, I've got compassion for that. If you're in a place right now where you're like, this doesn't encourage me, this upsets me, right? I'm not being, I'm not being facetious, I'm being serious. If you're going through a tough time right now, I want you to know that in that moment, Jesus is going to stand up. When you can't, when you're like, I can't stand up. You're like, I can't do anything but get down on my knees and, and hope that I can make it through this day. Hope that I can get through the night. Hope that that scripture that says that weeping will endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And then you wake up the next morning and joy isn't there. Right? I've been there. I know what that feels like. I don't want you to think that this is unobtainable. I told you my past so that you can know grace got me here. I told you what I've been through so that you know that this is for you. Right? It doesn't matter your pedigree. It doesn't matter your education level. It doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter who raised you. It doesn't matter what part of town you grew up in. It doesn't matter if you're able to articulate the gospel well or not. It doesn't matter if you know what prophecy means. All that matters is you know that He loves you. 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 And when you can't stand when you feel like giving up, when you feel like committing suicide, when those thoughts go through your mind, know that Jesus is fighting your battles. Know that love wins this thing. I wanted to too. I've been early on as a pastor, my first two years, I heard the whispers of, of the things that I heard before of just, you'd be better off dead. No one will miss you. You heard those lies before? I bet that there's at least a few of us, right? I can't go on. Some of you, I feel like there's guilt in the room because you've thought those things and you've got kids and you feel guilty that you would have left them. You were willing to leave them because it got too tough for you. I've got good news for you today. God is lifting guilt up off of you because you weren't created to walk in guilt or shame or condemnation is that love is destroying that thing that's come against your life. I really feel this in the room right now, that love is taking that spirit of suicide out. The depression that's been on people that's been so heavy, you feel like you can't get out of bed. 
it's that, it, it's that tired that you can't sleep off, right? I feel it lifting in the room right now. I'm not just making a faith statement. I feel it lifting in the room right now. I feel it lifting. Depression is lifting. Depression is lifting. Depression is lifting. I feel a fresh wave of grace coming over all the people that have been in that season of like, I can't believe I'm still here. Like, I feel that there's some of you that we ought to have you stand up so that we can cheer for you instead of cheering for me walking up here because it was a ginormous step of faith for you to come here tonight. That grace literally got you here. Grace literally got you here. Grace is going to empower you to not just survive this season, but to thrive in this season. That may not make sense to you right now, and I promise it's not, I promise it's not just catchy Christian language that's rhymey and, and hopeful. I promise that it is the truth. The truth as in Jesus is the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. He, the truth, is on the inside of you, and I see him standing up in this season and saying, come on. Come on, come on, honey. It's okay that you can't walk. I'll carry you. It's okay. I'll teach you how to walk through this. I'll teach you how to walk through this. I'll teach you that this isn't your destiny. I'll teach you that your tomorrow is going to be better than your yesterday. I'll teach you how to love in this season. I'll teach you that your joy is not going to be determined on, on your circumstances any longer. I'll teach you that. He's in, he's in there. He's rewiring things. He's shifting things around. <laughs> Come on. He's better than any home makeover show. Yeah. I see him rearranging rooms and hearts tonight. The stuff I talked about that's already there. Not bringing new stuff, but the stuff that's already there. He's shifting things around from the rooms that weren't being visited and bringing them out into the living room of life. The lights are bright. And love, love is home. Love is home. I feel like I'm just supposed to declare this over some of you. Is that your home? Not like you're at a home church. Your home in his heart. Your home. I feel like there's uh, there's people that are unsettled in the room tonight. Unsettled, not not knowing. Feel like you're a wanderer. Feel like you're a vagabond. Feel like you, you don't fit in. I'll tell you where you do fit. You fit right in his heart. Your home. Your home. Your home. Your home. Your home. Your home. He's holding you in his arms and your home. He's hugging you like the best because he is father that there ever could be it's the hug that everybody needs your home your home your home he's just going to hold you just when you thought he was done he's going to keep holding you he's just going to keep holding you more that can happen in a moment like this than a lifetime of sermons or 
all the other Christian gymnastics that we do. Moments like this, when he comes and he settles down into the room, we turn all of our attention to you right now, Jesus. We just want you. We want you in this moment. Whatever position you need to get your body in to to receive in this moment, go for it. You can sit there. You can stand. You can get at the altar. You can do whatever you want. I know there's not a lot of room in here. (laughs) There's prophetic words, though. We're going to have a bigger building. (laughs) But in this moment, he just wants to love us. This is what I felt like was going to happen tonight. He's loving us into wholeness. Because sometimes we think, I just want to do more miracles. And this is what heaven says over our lives tonight, is that I've made you a miracle. You're not just created to see signs and wonders, you're created to be a sign and wonder. People wonder why you're still alive. People wonder why you're able to make it. People see it as a sign. Your life is a sign pointing to Him. Your life is a miracle that some of us aren't dead yet, aren't in prison for the rest of our lives. It's a miracle we can function when we used to be messed up the way that we were. It's a miracle that they they said that we'd never be right, and He got us right. Come on. He said we were manic depressive, said we were terminal, said we were all those things, and, and the miracle worker changed everything in a moment with His love and made us a miracle. And now our lives are speaking louder than anything else we could ever say. I'm in a room full of people that their lives are speaking of the miracle worker just because you're still breathing. And so, Father, we turn all our affection, all our attention towards you. We just want you. Father, forgive us for every tradition, every religious hoop we thought we had to jump through, every bit of religion, religious baggage that we've carried. All the things that we thought we had to do to get something from you. We lay it all aside tonight. We thank you that you're replacing lies with truth. That you're empowering us with your love. We make it our life's goal just to be loved by you and live in that place. Because when I'm loved, I'll demonstrate what I'm being. What I'm receiving is what I'll give out. Jesus said, come to me and drink. And out of your innermost being, rivers of living water will flow. Giving depends on receiving. And loving others depends on being. Being loved. Allowing Him to love me. Some of you after tonight are going to be able to look in the mirror in the morning and say, I love you. You're going to be able to look in the mirror in the morning and say to yourself, I love you. I love who you are. I love who you are. I love where you're going. Mm, Yeah, love is taking precedence. We thank you, Father, for your love rearranging what it needs to tonight. We thank you. Thank you that your love is changing everything. That we get the privilege of living out of this deep place of your love. Ha. 
we thank you that we're never leaving here. <laughs> Some of you got nervous. I wasn't talking about the building. <laughs> this place of love. We're never leaving here. We're never leaving here. I just declare over every person watching, over all of us, that our life's mission right now is to remain in love and let him love us. I challenge you for the next two weeks to meditate on that truth that he loves you and see what it does. We thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this moment. I bless it. I say yes, God. I say more, God. We thank you for an impartation, the greatest impartation we could ever receive we're getting tonight. It's love. It's that Romans 5, 5, for the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Pour it out. Pour it out. He's the one that never stops pouring. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for being a good dad. Thank you that you're unchanging. In every season, you remain the same. Thank you. Every person that needs a miracle in their life right now, I just want you to stand to your feet. If you need a miracle because of the situation you're in, you need a miracle because you need you got terminal illness, uh, if you need a miracle of finances, if you need a miracle in any way, shape, or form, if you're in a relationship where you need a miracle for your significant other that they'll change, their life will be changed. <laughs> yeah, I, re I really feel like he's, yeah, I feel like he's changing hearts tonight in relationships, significant others. And maybe it's just in the room. I'm hopeful that he's, he's doing it. Yeah, I just feel like the people that we're connected to, he's changing. He's changing it. I just, I just feel like that he, it, I can see the father smiling over you in the black t-shirt right between uh, the two that are wearing the, the, the same shirt. Uh, I love them. They're, they're great. I just, I see him smiling over you right now and he's so, he's so proud. She's like, that's my amazing daughter. I love her so much. I'm so proud of her. I'm so, and I was waiting for something else to be said. Like I'm proud of her for, and he's like, I'm just proud of her. I'm just proud of her. I'm just proud of her. And I feel like there's, been, there's so much on the inside of you uh, that when, when life spoke to you and said, quit, uh, you were like, no. Even in, in the whisper, your no that was a whisper is getting louder every day. And now it's turning into this, this roar of truth of this isn't who I am. I'm, I'm not a quitter and life isn't going to dictate how I live, but I'm actually an overcomer. In the situation that you came out of, the situation that you lived through is a testimony to all those that are around you 
but it's going to be even more impactful for I see like this, there's an enormous amount, I can't even count them, of young people, both boys and girls, teens, 20-somethings, that you're going to get to share your story with. And they're going to see the miracle that you are. And it's going to raise their hope through the roof of life and break the ceiling off of them. That, that figurative ceiling. It's going to destroy it. It's all because of your yes to him. It's all because of you. What's your name? Samantha. We thank you, Father, for Samantha. We bless what you're doing in her life. We thank you, Father, for the light that she's releasing everywhere that she goes. We thank you, Father, that, that she's someone who uh, has good dreams and, and has peaceful sleep. We thank you, Father, that uh, there's an encourager on the inside of her uh, that is so powerful that's coming out in new ways. We thank you for the way that she's been encouraging people. We thank you for new ways in this season. And we thank you for the love, Lord, that she has loved people even when she didn't feel worthy of love. Uh, she loved people when it felt like it was taxing her. And we thank you that everything changes in this moment, that you're filling her, you're filling her, you're filling her to overflowing. We thank you for the powerful daughter that she is. We thank you that the, that seer gift that she has to be able to recognize things that other people don't, that discernment that she has. We thank you, Father for Holy Spirit using that in the days ahead to bring people into love encounters. Yeah, we thank you. Thank you for the gifts that she has, but thank you even more for the gift that she is. The world's a better place because you're in it. The world's a better place because you're in it. <laughs> it's a better place because you're in it. Yeah. Yeah. In that Ephesians 3.20, God says that He does exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or imagine according to the power that works in us. You've already realized how powerful you are. And your destiny is so much greater than what you could have ever dreamed for. And I feel grace being released on your dream life, not just at night, but actually your hope for the future. That there's this, that God, like you've been dreaming big, but God is adding, he's adding grace because he's like, these dreams, I'm supersizing your dreams way better than McDonald's. It's like I'm supersizing your dreams because your dreams are not meant just for your lifetime, but they're meant for three, four, and five generations down the road. Your life is so impactful. Your kids' as kids' as kids' as life will be even more. I could just hear, I don't know if this will make sense to you. I hear this, I don't feel like I'm supposed to say anything else, but I feel like the Father was saying, don't worry about that, I got it. I'll take care of it. I thank you, Father, for love right now. And what they've said you can't do, what they've said you can't have, God's going to make a reality for you. Thank you, Father. 
release your love over Samantha. We bless her, the amazing young woman she is. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Man, thank you for letting me share in that moment with you. Thank you, Father. I'm gonna, everybody that needs a miracle right now, I just want you, everybody that's standing, <laughs> so caught up in the moment, I forgot why people were standing. <laughs> I forgot, I wasn't, I was kind of like having trouble standing myself, so. Intoxicated by his love is the best thing to be intoxicated by, right? I put a lot of things in my body that never made me feel as good as this. So, Father, we thank you. If you would, just point your hands towards the people that are standing. We thank you, Father, for miracles for every person. Miracles of health. Miracles of healing, Father. Release your fire right now. Your fiery love into every situation. We thank you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, for doing everything that every person needs and superseding their expectations and being right in the middle of it with them. Thank you for being right in the middle of it with them. Thank you, Jesus. I just, I want you to, if you haven't already, for the people that are standing, I want you to just pray for them like you, you want somebody to pray for you. All right? I'm going to have the prayer team come up here in just a second, not yet. I know you got your badges on, you're ready. Thank you so much. Thanks, Joe and Arelli. Yeah, we're just going to pray for them one more time. We thank you, Father. Thank you for the miracles they are. Thank you for the miracles they are. I thank you for healing and health right now in Jesus' name. Healing and health right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father. Whoever they may be standing in for too, I thank you, Father, for your love being released upon them in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father. I thank you for the way these words are written on her arm, that you've written your law and your word on her heart. And I thank you that she's a woman that's after your heart. Like David, I'm sorry, there's, there's nothing uh, better to say about somebody 
woman or man is being after a person after God's heart. And just see as a, as a woman after God's heart. <laughs> yeah. And there's reckless love that comes out of you because you know that you're, you are loved by the one who recklessly loves you. You're another one that's not a quitter. You're a fighter. Yeah. And he's been fighting with you and he's been fighting for you. But I felt like today the elevation changes. That he's taking you above the snake line. Where the enemy can't, he's been like these, these little things. He's just been trying to nag at you. And it's because he's really terrified of, of who you are. And he's really terrified of the anointing that you have on your life. And I felt like that the prophetic thing that's gone to like great levels of, of, of hearing God and relaying what he's saying to other people is, is changing now. And I felt like that the words that you release, how they've, they've brought freedom to people before, I feel like that they're bringing wholeness to people in this season, uh, that it's increasing, that your prophetic words are actually pulling people into a love encounter and bringing them into everything that they were always destined to be. I just feel like destiny words have been something that you started to see for people. Like this is what you're called to. This is what you're made for. Uh, this is where you're going. And I feel like that the destiny words are actually releasing destiny upon people, releasing grace because you've been releasing these words and maybe you already know this, but grace is being released through these destiny words that are actually giving people, empowering people to be able to do the things that you're prophesying over their life, the things that God is saying. And I felt like the Father was just giving you a great big hug tonight. I just saw him hugging you and hugging you and hugging you. My gosh, he loves you so much. 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 I just felt like I heard the Father saying, I've got next week, I've got next year, and I've got them too. I've got all of them. I've got all of them. All your prayers, I've heard them all. I'm coming after them with my love. Don't worry, I've got them. prayers are not in vain. It was like I could see this golden this golden bowl. It was like it was being tipped over. All your prayers have been holding and they were being poured out. Poured out. Like the intercessor that you are, that people don't see, the prayers that you're praying for people, the way that you're actually, uh, that you're warring from a place of victory is just, it's incredible. And I felt like I was just supposed to publicly uh, say that, you know, it says, let another man praise you and not your own lips. I just felt like that you deserved honor tonight. I, I, we honor you. We honor you. We honor you for the woman of God you are, the, the example you are, the, the servants you are, the, the things that you do that nobody sees. The Father's broadcasting it tonight. The Father's broadcasting it tonight because he's just incredibly proud to have you as his daughter. I see a picture of you on his desk. He just stares at it, love in his eyes. 
See him picking it up, holding it to his chest. Longing for you to wake up so he can spend another moment with you. And that dream thing that you started to experience in different ways, he's taking you places in your dreams. I felt like some of those things aren't just dreams. They're actually, you're going, I'm just going to say it. I'm just uh, translocation, transportation, taking you different places, doing different things while you're dreaming. He's taking you places to do things because you've got so much to do in this lifetime with him. He's not going to wait for you to wake up. He's going to do it with you while you're sleeping too. Father, I bless your incredible daughter. I thank you. Fire of God, fill her in new ways, Lord. I pray a a baptism of your fiery love right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Bless him, God, in Jesus' name. Thanks, honey. She's all over the Kleenex thing. We go through Kleenex like crazy around here. I figured either people are getting touched by God or we're hurting their feelings. I didn't know which. Thank you, Father. Man, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for being an amazing, amazing mama. <laughs> A mama to many. <laughs> I just felt like you'd been the neighborhood mom at times. I don't know. I feel like there's still children you're, you're mothering that <laughs> other people were supposed to be, but they're not. And I felt like that there's just this incredible, incredible grace to bring people into these moments with God as you talk to them. I feel like I saw you like teaching life skills to to the younger generation by example. I felt like your vulnerability in front of them of mistakes that you've made and the things that you've you've done that you wished you wouldn't have, but God showed you how to correct it and live a life that, that you're able to thrive and all of those things. It's benefiting so many. It's benefiting so many. And I see like your, your, your faith muscles are huge because you've been exercising them. And you've got all this, these spiritual riches built up in, in, the heaven, in the heavenly realms. Yeah, and I felt like I heard the Father saying they're not wasted. They're not wasted. They're not wasted. They're not wasted. You are leaving a legacy. You are leaving a legacy. I saw a book with your name on it and I felt like it was it was it was legacy it was it was the the life of and the legacy that you left and it's a legacy that will be lived out until Jesus comes back I'm confident enough to say that that you are leaving a legacy of love and what it looks like to be a daughter of the king And I felt like that's been a phrase that you've used a bunch. I'm a daughter of the king. I'm a daughter of the king. I'm a daughter of the king. And it's been catching on to people and they're understanding what a daughter of the king looks like because of the way that you're loving them, the way that you're getting down in the dirt with them, but also the way that you're speaking straight to them. (laughs) And I felt like that you actually had wondered about some of the truth that you'd spoken to people if it was a little too harsh or you're like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't have done that. 
and you've been like, if you're, yeah, I felt like you were doing some of the things I, I've done. Like, I don't know if I should have spoke that straight. I don't know if I, and I felt like the Father was saying you spoke exactly what you're supposed to, the exact way that you're supposed to, because that's the way they needed it. And if you would have sugarcoated or you would have beat her on the bush, they wouldn't have got it. Because you spoke it straight and you spoke it in love, I'm able to do what I'm supposed to, or what I wanted to do all along with it, is I wanted to change their hearts. But it took hard truth. I want all the rest of you to hear this, that she wasn't being mean. She was just being honest. I feel like it's one of the things that you're known for, your honesty. I thank you, Father, for an amazing mama, a mother in the faith, a woman who's leaving a legacy for generations to come, who's lived for you and said yes to you when it wasn't ideal, when circumstances or situations would have been easier to do other things or go, go uh, just to go along to get along. I feel like it cost you way more than what people know. But you never counted it a cost. Because, it, because you know. <laughs> because you know him. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Bless your daughter right now. I say more, God. More, God. More, God. In Jesus' name. like I made you hang out this long, Brandy, that I know this is something you'll probably hate, but I love you, and I'll do it anyway. I'll get down there with you. I made you hang out this long, and you're pregnant. My gosh, I should at least give your baby a word, right? But I felt like your baby's going to be a singer and a songwriter. May even be a drummer like Matt. I'm not real sure. But I saw the songs of heaven coming out of him, and I know it's a boy because Matt told me so. <laughs> Wasn't prophetic guess, which I'd had a 50-50 chance at anyway. <clears throat> which I like those odds when I'm prophesying. <laughs> but I felt like that there was a new wave of revivalist worshipers that are being released in the earth. And there's some that are on the planet right now, but also the baby boy that's on the inside of you is actually going to uh, be one of the catalysts in this. And I felt like he was going to be the singer-songwriter that catches all the songs of heaven that the Father wants him to. But his life is going to be this incredible love song because he's going to have the revelation that his parents have been an example of is that they've been laid down lovers and worshipers in their life. You and Matt, your example to this baby boy, is what's going to speak louder than anything. And he's going to take it to levels that you dreamed you could in a lifetime, but you just won't. You're just not going to live to be 300 years old, so you're not going to be able to. But he's going to take it to those places and his kids. <laughs> yeah, and if you want them, the more the merrier. I felt like I heard the Father saying, not that he's handing things out right now, but I just heard that over your guys' life. <laughs> I know it's a choice. He's not violating that. But I felt like the things that you've been praying over your son already, I saw you laying hands on, on your stomach and just saying little declarations or, or praying or <laughs> singing love songs over him. And those things are making such an impact. Making such an impact. 
Yeah, I felt, I felt like he's going to come out. It's almost going to sound like he's laughing instead of crying, even though they'll be looking for a cry. I felt as the baby of joy. And I felt like even at times you're going to think, this is my son of joy. <laughs> Not just the son that delights your heart, even though he'll be that, but one who carries radical radical joy because he's going to release one of the key components to this this next generation and generations of how to be strong when persecution comes of how to be strong when things aren't ideal how to be strong when it feels like all the things that we felt like we had rights to are, are taken away how to be strong in those times he's going to be a baby he's going to be a a, a young boy a teenager a young man of incredible, incredible joy. It's a, be a place that he lives from, where he sings from, where he writes from, where he loves from. All those things, all of his days. So we thank you, Father, <laughs> for Matt and Brandy. We thank you for the blessing that you've given them. We thank you for health during this time, comfort. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for all the catering and pampering with Matt for her in this, <laughs> during this time. <laughs> Thank you for grace, Lord, in Jesus' name. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, God. <clears throat> Thanks, Jesus. We got prayer workers. There's people that are still standing that want, that want prayer. Is there anybody else that's even left? Some, of, some people vacated the building. They were still trying to make TGI Fridays while they were open. Open till midnight. It's our late night spot after meetings like this. I got another pregnant one I should give a word to. She played the keys for an hour. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for everything you did tonight. Blessed in Jesus' name. Anybody that still needs prayer, if you, if you need somebody, you feel like, I need somebody to pray for me, we want to pray for you. If you don't, we thank you so much for being here tonight. We hope that this encouraged you and empowered you. We really do love you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. <clears throat> Hopefully we'll see you tomorrow, 10, 2, 6, anything that you can make. Anything that you can make. Bless you guys. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.